millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Nate Abarea here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio. How can I not be in a good mood today? Liverpool, my beloved Reds, are off to Wembley. Yeah, it's the the League Cup final, but we're still off to Wembley. Joe Allen, the Welsh Pirlo, as he uh, is always always called by everybody. You know, Zinedine Zidane was once asked, how does it feel to, to be the best midfielder in the world? And Zizou said... I don't know. You'll have to go ask Joe Allen. The Welsh Pirlo with the winning penalty kick in Liverpool are off to Wembley. My Shasta Wolfpack boys are 9-0-0 after a 5-0 thumping of those boys from Cottonwood, the West Valley Eagles, last night. Come on, you Lobos. And today, right here on World Soccer Talk Radio, which you can hear every weekday right here on Sports Byline, live 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time, 4 to 5 on the Eastern Seaboard and in podcast form on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. And leave us a review on iTunes when you get a chance. On the show today, I'm reuniting with the stat man. That's right. David Mossy is going to be with us. All you fans of last year's World Soccer Talk podcast, the Premier League review show, which you can still listen to, now hosted by the fantastic man known as Richard Farley and accompanied by Cardi Krishnayer and Lawrence McKenna and a few other reappearing guests from time to time. But last year, the show, as you may remember, was hosted by my good pal Nick Webster, Robin Burt, Grant Kerr, Nikki Hollander, Cardi Krishnayer, yours truly, and the dulcet tones of the stat man, David Mossy, who is currently working. He's back in the radio and podcast world, rest assured, working with Eric Winalda on the WTF show on Sirius XM. WTF standing for, of course, Winalda Talks Football. David Mossy is an encyclopedia of soccer knowledge. We're going to get his thoughts on the upcoming Copa America Centenario. The Euros this summer will stay firmly entrenched in the now, living in the now like Garth Algar, FA Cup weekend coming up, and so much more to talk about. A few transfer topics to get into with David Mossy right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Cannot wait to get this baby going. The stat man is back. Stay tuned. No place to hang out or wash in. And then I can't blame all on the sun. Oh no, we gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Oh, we gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. 
listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Pretty good. Pretty damn good, lads! Yeah! <laughs> oh, yes, reunited, and it feels so good. Our guest in this edition of the show, you may remember him from that thing called the World Soccer Talk podcast. You can currently hear him on the WTF show on Sirius XM alongside our good friend Eric Winalda. WTF, of course, standing for Winalda Talks Football. David Mossy, welcome in, sir. Nate, how are you? Long time. Yeah, I am I am doing mighty fine. I was going to ask, you know, the last time we were on on the radio or on a podcast together, it was it was Nick Webster hosting the show. Now you're alongside Eric Winalda on Sirius XM. How does it feel to have gone so far in your career so quickly? <laughs> uh, no, but we're having a blast. Uh, it's been a, a great thing for Eric because, you know, on TV he gets like 15 seconds to talk. And uh, now he has two hours, and he can really flesh out his points a lot more. So uh, I know he's enjoying it, and I am as well. It's been great so far. What have been some of the highlights of, of the show so far from your perspective? From uh, WTF? Indeed. Oh, um, well, I mean, we've had some fun guests on. It's been fun having uh, Brad Friedel on uh, right before the uh, U.S.-Mexico CONCACAF Cup. Uh, we had Stuart Holden on a few days ago, um, um, you know, uh, Ian Joy. Uh, so we've, we've managed to get all our guys there, and it's fun to be able to talk to them in that setting and interview them and sort of get their thoughts about uh, working at Fox and working with us. So, um, uh, no, it's, like I said, we're having a blast. Absolutely. And we'll, uh, we'll be sure to let everybody know before the end of the show today how they can uh, listen in to WTF on Sirius XM with Eric Winalda and David Mossy. I love it. Have a chance to uh, listen to a few episodes myself. And uh, let's get right into the immediate. We're going to kind of carry on time-wise here. We'll get to the summer here in a little bit. But the immediate sense uh, with Fox is the FA Cup uh, this upcoming weekend. What are you most looking forward to, David, as far as the... Return of the Cup this weekend. I got Liverpool-West Ham definitely on my docket. What are you most looking forward to? Yeah, you know, the big boys were kept apart for another round, which I kind of like. Um, But there are some interesting uh, Premier League versus Championship fixtures. Uh, I'm curious to see how Derby County does against Manchester United. We'll see if Louis van Gaal even makes it to that game. Um, Arsenal-Burnley is interesting. Uh, Nottingham Forest-Watford. MK Dons-Chelsea. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Chelsea looks like they signed Pato today on a six-month loan. I don't think he'll be ready for that match, but still. Um, and, of course, they uh, make a news uh, probably going to sign this uh, U.S. defender, Matt Miazga. So. Um, but, no, you're right, uh, uh, Nate. Uh, Liverpool-West Ham is, is the pick of the litter, and uh, I can't wait. You know, West Ham, as I'm sure you know, did the double over them in the league this year, first time in 52 years. I love uh, Slavon Bilic and what he's done there, uh, even with all the injuries. One of these days they're going to have – uh, Valencia, Sacco, Lanzini, and Paye all fit at once, and they're going to be a handful for anybody. Uh, but even with the players he has now, I, I kind of fancy them in that match. I think they're going to take out Liverpool again and beat them three times in one season. Thank you very much for that one, David Mossy. I, I do appreciate it. The, the, the pick of the litter, I, I like that just in and of itself. The pick of the litter, Liverpool and West Ham, in the FA Cup fourth round this weekend. 
How do you feel about the, uh, the, the coverage that Fox has given for the FA Cup and, and bringing so much of it back to, uh, to American television? Obviously, you and I have, have spoken so much about the, the days of, of Fox Soccer Channel, even going back to, to Fox Sports World and, and what the FA Cup was back then. Bringing it back, definitely, and giving a, a, a whole lot of attention to it, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, it's a property we value a lot, and we really try to sell the romance of it, the fact that you have these, uh, uh, you know, 736 clubs this season from all the different divisions, some, you know, amateur sides, I mean, guys that are butchers and then postmen in their, <laughs> uh, in their uh, spare time and are uh, and going out there and playing against uh, the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah, we try to, you know, we sent Keith Koskin over there uh, for several weeks to interview as many players as uh, as we could, who we knew would be involved in it. And so, um, yeah, we, it's a competition we like a lot. We, we've had it uh, on our air for several years now. And so, you know, we look forward to, to airing it. I think, uh, you know, this season, it's uh, like I said, uh, there's still a lot of Premier League teams left, um, and they've been kept apart for another round. So there is some potential for some very enticing matchups down the road. Oh, it was great. We had Keith Costigan actually on the show back uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think he was he was in between going from a, a hotel in Kensington and a and a bus ride in the rain down to Exeter for that Liverpool Exeter match. So uh, Keith, well traveled and uh, very very good for him. The uh, the stuff that you guys have got him doing over the, there for uh, he was the second best dressed man that day uh, behind Exeter boss Paul Tisdale. Uh, I wanted to ask Keith if he was considering purchasing any fedoras or 1800s top hats. What do you think? Do you think Keith could pull that off? Absolutely. He can pull anything off. There you go. Hey, um, on, on the Fox Sports television note here, uh, big news broke last night as far as the, the television side of things. WorldSoccerTalk.com uh, actually broke the story last night. The Fox Sports has officially acquired the rights to this summer's Copa America Centenario Tournament. What can you tell us as far as maybe some inside Fox information as far as what this coverage is going to be like? And, and honestly, though, David, what are you most looking forward to seeing uh, in, in this tournament this summer? Well, I can tell you we're going to do it up big. We're very excited to have it. Uh, we think it's going to be a great tournament. Um, and I'm just excited for it. It's, it's pretty wide open because Brazil and Argentina don't tower over Ball as much as they used to. Um, certainly they'll be two of the favorites, but uh, you also have to look at Chile, who won the Copa America now. They just lost their manager, Jorge Sampaoli, who I like a lot. So we'll see uh, who they replace him with. Uh, Colombia have lost a little bit of momentum since... Uh, the World Cup, uh, a lot of their star players, James Rodriguez, Jackson Martinez, not having great club seasons, so we'll see what kind of form they arrive at that tournament in. Um, but, you know, obviously Uruguay, uh, Suarez is going to come back from his suspension in March. He's going to actually, his first game is going to be against Brazil in a World Cup qualifier, but he'll be raring to go in the summer. So uh, the star power in this tournament is going to be incredible. I know there's still a question about Neymar, whether he's going to play in the Centenario or the Olympics, but um, if he plays in the Centenario and you have the Barcelona big three there, all you know, representing <laughs> their respective countries, I mean, I think this tournament's going to give the Euros a run for its money this summer in terms of uh, prestige and star power and all that. So uh, really looking forward to it. 
Are you worried at all, David, about the rumors regarding Neymar and then some other rumors? I don't know how much validity there are to these things. You you actually are far more on the pulse of of these of these rumors and actually where they start. See that that's the thing. I just hear them once they've gone through fifteen thousand people. You're actually a little bit closer, perhaps, to the the source of these things. But both Neymar and Messi both being rumored to not be participating in in the Centenario. How much validity is there to to those rumors? And are you are you worried? Worried at all about Neymar and Messi potentially both not being in this tournament? Uh, Messi, I think, will definitely play in it. Uh, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Um, Neymar, there's a legitimate question because uh, for Brazil, the Olympics are a very serious business this summer. Uh, it's the one trophy uh, Brazil has never won uh, in soccer, and it's uh, uh, going to be in Rio. So, you know, it's a chance to sort of make up for the debacle of 2014 and, and win something on home soil. Um, so I think there's going to be a, a strong sentiment in a lot of quarters that that's the competition he should play in as one of those three overage players. Uh, now, Barcelona might have something to say about this because in terms of scheduling, the Copa Centenario is uh, much less of a conflict than the Olympics would be. The Olympics would actually uh, overlap with the start of their season, so they might try to influence him to play in the Copa Centenario. Uh, or, you know, he might just have enough clout to play in both and just tell him, you know, what are you going to do, sell me? And, you know, they're not going to want to do that, so they're going to want to appease him. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But I do think there's a legitimate question mark hanging over Neymar's participation in the tournament. Messi, I'd be shocked. Uh, uh, Tata Martino already came out and said that he has no intention of bringing Messi to the Olympics. He's already won the gold medal. Um, and, you know, they have uh, more than enough quality and, and guys like Paulo Dybala and, and Luciano Vieto to uh, to do well in that competition and, and, you know, and pick three other overage players as well. So um, I think his focus in the summer will be the Copa Centenario for sure. So I expect to see Messi in the States this summer. We'll talk a little bit more about the Copa America Centenario coming up here in the summer of 2016 and the thought of it potentially eclipsing the 1994 World Cup in terms of monetary success here on American soil for a big international soccer tournament. That and a whole lot more to get into with David Mossy right here on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again! Well, of all things go according to plan, he should be in America this summer, Sergio Aguero, playing for Argentina, of course, who will actually open up their 2016 Copa America Centenario tournament slate in... Well, I call it Northern California. I guess I'm in proper Northern California, down in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium, which will also be hosting the Super Bowl here in a matter of days. But that is where both the USA and Argentina are supposed to be opening up their uh, Copa America Centenario schedules. So how about that? Little uh, Argentina in the Bay Area, I believe on June 6th. We'll get the exact dates uh, for everybody as we get nearer to the Copa America Centenario. And it's time to Re- <laughs> renew this conversation because it's something that, that I've heard you and Eric Winalda talking about a little bit, David, and it's something that, that I've had a conversation about with, with oh so many people, and this really started actually back during the USA-Mexico game, which I was so privileged to attend and cover down at the Rose Bowl 
in October when there was the biggest press showing since the 1994 World Cup for that USA-Mexico game. There were over 800 members of the press. The 93,000 in attendance, that was the biggest attendance for a soccer match on U.S. soil since the 1994 World Cup final between Brazil and Italy, which, of course, was held at that very same stadium in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. So I I tie it back to, to this Centenario tournament and... Not just on a money level, but on an attendance level, on on a TV ratings level. And we just touched on that with with the Fox coverage. And honestly, just the overall enthusiasm among mainstream soccer fans here in America. Do you think that the Copa America Centenario could, in many ways, eclipse the 1994 World Cup as, let's just call it, the biggest soccer tournament to ever be held on American soil? Well, it'll be different because in 94, um, it was just sort of this novelty and, and people got a kick out of it because more about the pageantry and, and, you know, this country is such a, there's a big event culture here, so people are going to get into anything like that. But they didn't truly appreciate the soccer and, and this country's come such a long way the last uh, 22 years that I think this time around it'll be a big event and people will really appreciate uh, what they're watching to have, you know, some of the players we talked about here in the summer playing for in an actual competitive tournament and not just in a preseason friendly um, is, is really going to be special. And, and I'm curious to see how the CONCACAF teams stack up. Uh, Mexico, I'm sure, will do fine because they compete in Copa Americas all the time and do well. But for the U.S., it's going to be a real test to see how they stack up against the likes of uh, Messi and Suarez and Neymar if he's here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a monster tournament, very successful and, yeah, I know people are disappointed that the U.S. hasn't gotten to host another World Cup, but this is, like, the closest thing to it, for sure. In many ways, it's it's the closest thing to it. And, and I love the, the compare and contrast that you give there as far as the, the kind of novelty that it was back in 1994. And do you think there's going to be enough done? And, and I'm talking beyond just the Fox TV coverage. I'm talking about... CONCACAF and CONMEBOL and, and everybody running this tournament to really market this thing towards true soccer fans in America. Is that going to be a, a focal point of, of the marketing campaigns for this thing, David? I think so. I think this country's uh, to that point where you can do that. Um, you know, and, and, and Nate, I got to tell you, I've long been an advocate of this sort of tournament just being the, the tournament uh, in this region each cycle. Um, now they're having it uh, this time around in addition to the Copa America and the Gold Cup, so it's made uh, the calendar of this cycle a little bit too crazy for my taste. Um, I, I'm a believer that there's a little too much soccer, that players need more of a break, and I have this sort of pie-in-the-sky notion that um, maybe that if this tournament is a success this summer, this will just be... Uh, the way of the future, and uh, you'll have this sort of Tournament of the Americas every cycle, the same summer as the Euros, and then you'll give these guys a break the summer before and the summer uh, after a World Cup. I, you know, I, I even have mixed feelings about the Confederations Cup. Um, I understand why they have it. It's a good dress rehearsal for the country that's going to host the World Cup, but uh, I think we'd see perhaps a little bit more quality at these World Cups if these players weren't so taxed in the four years in between. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of hoping this tournament is a massive success even for that reason because it might, it might spawn the idea of, uh, to keep having it and maybe even have it as, as the big sort of uh, tournament in this part of the world every four years. Um, and, I mean, what a summer that would create if you had uh, in the same summer every cycle the Euros and this sort of Copa Centenario. 
David, I'm I'm seriously rubbing the hands together right now because I've been saying this for years myself, and I, th- I think we had this conversation once or twice back back a couple of years ago when we were when we were working together because the Gold Cup has begun, and this was before the farcical Gold Cup that we just had back uh, last summer here in back back in 2015, and and seeing even even though the Copa America was good down in Chile, seeing seeing how, how the Copa America has kind of fallen a little bit in prestige compared to compared to what it used to be way back when in the history of that tournament i've been saying for at least like 10 years going back to to my days with all the mexican friends in watsonville saying that wouldn't it be awesome if the usa and mexico just competed in a in a mega tournament with with all the south american teams and we did away with this ridiculous gold cup that has become such a joke on so many levels and copa america gets to kind of revive itself here in this tournament of the americas i love the idea i've literally been saying it myself for 10 years would CONCACAF ever let that happen, David Mossy? Would CONCACAF ever be willing to do away with the Gold Cup? Yeah, probably. It's probably going to be a tough sell. Uh, and by the way, we tried to have that conversation <laughs> on the podcast, but uh, I'm sure Nick or, or Bertie or Cardick must have uh, cut us off because um, that's what used to happen whenever you and I would really get going on that thing. But uh, Why are we not talking about the Premier League? We're not talking <laughs> about the Premier League. Why are we not talking about the Premier League? Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Nate, you mentioned Aguero being in the U.S. this summer. It looks like he's also going to be at Wembley on February uh, 28th. Are you ready for that? I am, I am quite ready for that. I am very much looking forward to the League Cup final and should be, should be quite the time. I'm a little disappointed to get that news uh, right now as I was uh, certainly hoping for a Merseyside Derby uh, League Absolutely. Cup final on Wembley Way. And I was also DVRing uh, that match. But thank you very much for the up-to-date <laughs> news. Well, it's it's very much still up in the air. I'm just saying that's what the result is right now. But uh, it's absolutely still worth watching the match. I won't spoil anything else beyond this point. Oh, uh, thank you. Are you thank as you. Uh, are you as optimistic as uh, most of my other Liverpool? Uh... Optimistic. Yes. <laughs> I am I am quite cloptimistic and and I'm so sick I've I've had to deal with people asking me about clopphoria uh for quite a while and I've just I, I finally told a few people I'm like that sounds like a disease that sounds that sounds like a a bad STD I don't want to know anything more about clopphoria I'm far more in to the term cloptimistic I like that I am filled with cloptimism and I just hope that they learn how to defend because I don't know what Jurgen Klopp is doing in that regard. But we talk about the word farcical. I think the uh, defending of Liverpool of late could be described as such, David. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, he, he still has a lot of work to do. Listen, he's brought a lot of enthusiasm back to that club. But uh, uh, I think reality is set in here that uh, uh, about half this roster needs to be overhauled if they're going to seriously challenge for major trophies. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, get too accommodated with a lot of these players that are on the team now because I think uh, Klopp is going to be very active. Uh, we've already seen, you know, a lot of rumors uh, this January of, of things are trying to get done. So, and then I expect even more in the summer. So, uh, no, he absolutely has a, a massive rebuilding job on his hands. But at the very least, the first step is he has brought some life back to that club. 
Well, there is a certain uh, Brazilian flair attacking midfielder from Shakhtar that I want to talk with you about in the next segment. I'm saving the real good, juicy, late January stuff uh, for the final segment. We'll talk all about the potential Teixeira move from Shakhtar to Liverpool and uh, get all into that and any other transfer drama here late in the month of January. But, you know, it's funny. You point something out there and you say that many of these players are going to be overhauled in, in the Liverpool roster. And I mean, look, when I look at Colo Torre, James Milner, Lucas Leva, I mean, guys who who have been called long in the tooth for like three or four years now, and they're actually providing something for this Liverpool team. And 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 look, I'm I'm a rooter. You know that about me, David. I, as a fan, I, I don't I try not to criticize too much. I just I root for for the players out there. I know they're giving their all, but you, you made the most important point, and that is that. None of these players should be part of the future plans for Liverpool. And, and when they lost that match to United back uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I just saw the Liverpool starting 11, I said, this just isn't that good. And the fact that they're getting anything out of this is, is incredible. So, I mean, I, 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 I have this funny thought of this season and the rest of this season with this, this squad that Liverpool have on their hands I guess, is is winning the League Cup final going to be really all you expect from them? Or, David, in the final 60 seconds that we got before we got to head to break here, could you see, with all the cloptimism in play, could you see this Liverpool side in the parody-filled Premier League that we have on our hands challenging for a top-four spot? Uh, they'll challenge for it, but I don't think uh, they'll get there. Uh, I'm starting to buy into the fact that Leicester are going to finish in the top four, and what a story that would be. In fact, if, if they're where they are about a month from now, uh, we need to start talking about them seriously maybe winning the title, which uh, is absolutely bonkers. But uh, now I think that's a bit too much to ask of Klopp for them to finish in the top four this season. Leicester City to finish in the top four, according to David Mossy. And in a month from now, I'll, I'll give it even just a few weeks from now, if they are still at the top, why not? Everyone says, oh, it's, it's, it's about to come to an end. This is where the, the fairy tale finally closes. This is where the, the storybook finally closes. Well, they just keep on going. They just keep on going. They're still there. And I want to actually go back before we head to break here and, and tip my cap to David Mossy, who last year had this, this under-the-radar player that he wanted to talk about on the Premier League podcast, and Webster would always shoot him down. Birdie would laugh as he'd be slugging his second bottle of Chardonnay in 30 minutes. And it was a man by the name of Riyad Mahrez that David Mossy would always talk about. He'd say, this Algerian, man, I'm telling you, he's going to do big things, and look out for Algeria at the 2018 World Cup, Riyad Mahrez. And we all laughed at David Mossy. Well, who's laughing now? I'll tell you who. David Mossy <laughs> and Riyad Mahrez. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. The Algerian! Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Forty thousand Liverpool fans inside here hold their breath. Hundreds of thousands hold their breath on Merseyside. It's Xabi Alonso for three. Three is safe, and Alonso follows it in. Wonderful. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I miss that guy. Miss that guy quite a lot. I mean, 
a Basque man playing for Liverpool. Does it get any better for me? You know, Nate Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio. Shabby Alonso. Oh, how I love you. You're welcome back at Anfield anytime. Sadly, I don't think despite these bizarre, hopeful rumors that were coming out uh, a few weeks ago and how much Shabby Alonso loved Jurgen Klopp and how they had a few private phone calls and uh, got in touch with one another. I don't think Shabby Alonso is going to be coming back to Anfield anytime soon in a playing capacity. However, there is a rather exciting Brazilian, an attacking midfielder named Alex Teixeira, who currently is playing at Shakhtar Donetsk and has already said he'd love to come play for Liverpool and play for Jurgen Klopp. And Liverpool finally put in the, the formal bid, £28 million pounds for this man. And Shakhtar said, nope, no thank you. How good of a player is this guy, David Mossy? Do you see him fitting into this Liverpool side if this deal actually goes through? And that, of course, is the most important part of this question. Will this man actually come to Liverpool before the transfer window closes? Uh, Nate, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, Shakhtar played uh, Rapid Vienna in the Champions League playoff round in August, and I pushed for us to do a segment on him on the pregame show. It was sort of based around the notion of uh, Brazilians who have parlayed success at Shakhtar into bigger things, and obviously uh, William and Fernandinho and Douglas Costa and Luis Adriano, and sort of identifying Teixeira as the next guy. And this was at the start of the season, and he's since gone on to get 26 and 26 games, uh, scored twice against Real Madrid in the group stage. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, the whole Brazilian uh, Shakhtar thing is kind of a neat story. Their manager, Luchescu, uh, is Romanian. He captained Romania at the 1970 World Cup and uh, played against that great Brazil team and swapped jerseys with Pele at the final whistle and kind of developed a love affair with Brazilians then and there and decided if he ever became a manager, he would just uh, load up on as many Brazilians as he could. And it's, it's remarkable. I mean, they've, they've signed like 20-something guys in the last decade. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, he, he speaks so much Portuguese in training that they actually have a, a translator on standby for the Ukrainian players. Um, <laughs> And so, and Teixeira is, is really the next guy in line now. With uh, Luis Adriano and Costa, Douglas Costa leaving this past summer, he's really uh, emerged as, as clearly their star player, having an incredible season. And yeah, he's a guy that's done it in the Champions League against big teams. I mentioned he scored twice against Real Madrid in the group stage this season. He scored against the likes of Chelsea and Juventus in past years. I am a big, big fan. He came up with Vasco da Gama. I've known him for many years. Uh, he caught my eye at the 2009 uh, U-20 World Cup. Uh, he was probably Brazil's best player in that tournament. Uh, Brazil got to the final and should have won. I actually gacked it up in the final against Ghana. But, um, but uh, So I've been waiting for this move for a long time. He's been there for six years, which is more than enough. Um, I know they had talked about maybe him leaving in the summer, but uh, an offer like this, I think, uh, would be unfair to turn down. Um, so I'm hoping this deal goes through because it's time now for him to go to a big club and a big league. Well, why did they turn it down? Is our shocked are playing hardball right now? They think they're going to get a few million pounds more. I mean, twenty-eight million pounds for this player in in late January. It seems like a seems like a good deal for everybody. What's the what's the deal from the Ukrainian side of things? Well, I think much to Klopp's chagrin, they do want Disneyland money, um, and so they're going to try to squeeze a few more million um, out of Liverpool. I don't think it's going to take the fifty million euros that they've said. You know, is is sort of their, their uh, you know, they've drawn sort of a line in the sand at that figure, but I'm sure for something a little bit less than that, but it's going to be more than Liverpool are offering right now, uh, so they're going to have to raise that offer a little bit. Um, 
but I think they will. I, I do anticipate this deal getting done because, um, you know, like you said, at this point, it, there's more downside for Shakhtar. You know, what if he gets injured, has a serious injury the second half of this season? I mean, they're not going to get that much more than this in the summer. So I think we've reached a point here where it's actually in their best interest to sell him now. I want to go back, funny, on, the, on this transfer note. I want to go back to our mutual love affair with Leicester City and, and specifically back to a player that, that you spotted you know, as brilliant way before any of us and, and Riyad Mahrez. But even with Jamie Vardy and a couple other players in the Leicester City squad, it was talked about in late December Wow, that's really gonna. We're really gonna see what Leicester are all about because there are clubs that would love to come in right now and spend Disneyland money, spend Disney World money on Jamie Vardy, throw throw fifty million pounds to to get a proven goal scorer. There's teams, Manchester United, were talked about coming in, paying forty million pounds for Riyad Mahrez, and Leicester City said, "Nope, we actually have a chance." to do something here. Do you, do you think that that was, was a big, big kind of message that Leicester City sent to their fans saying that they weren't going to take advantage of this time? Rather, oh, God, what if Mares gets injured or what if Vardy gets injured and we can't sell him in the summer? They said, no, forget all that because we have a chance to do something special. What do you think the message was to their fans with that, David? Oh, no, it's a great message. And, and uh, Nate, it's, it's goes beyond just holding on to their players. They're out there trying to sign guys. It looks like they're going to complete a deal here in the next couple of days for this uh, Edich, who plays for uh, Sampdoria, who's the second leading scorer in Serie A this season, a guy who uh, I don't like because uh, he's one of these traitors, um, like Diego Costa, who decided to go play for a different country. He plays for <laughs> Italy. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've said on WTF numerous times that Diego Costa is my least favorite human being, and uh, Edich is not quite at that level, but... Uh, um, and he's actually done better for Italy than Diego Costa has done for Spain, to be honest. So, uh, but no, he's a very, very good player. He's got 12 Serie A goals this season, and uh, it looks like Leicester are going to complete a deal for him. So, to your point, not only are they not going to sell uh, their star players, but they're looking to add. They're really going for it this year. Um, and like, like I said, I, I, I was a non-believer until a few weeks ago, but to see him still where they are at the table right now, I think top four is, is definitely a possibility, and I'm not even totally ruling out uh, them being in it for the title until the very end. I'm not ruling out the title at all. All right, we we got to stick in the Premier League here for, for a couple more minutes because you talk about Pato uh, to Chelsea. We talk about this to share a deal, hopefully going through. I'm obviously a little bit biased speaking as a Liverpool supporter. Hopefully this thing goes through, the, the Leicester City transfer activity. What else is going to happen in the next few days in the Premier League? Any other big splashes to be made that you can tell us about, David? I don't know. I mean, Manchester United have been linked with every player in the world, um, but I can't see them giving Louis van Gaal any more money to spend when he has pretty much a foot and a half out the door. So I think this window might come and go without them making the big splash that some of their fans are hoping for. Um, Arsenal have been linked with this uh, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach midfielder, Granit Xhaka, who I like a lot, who uh, is sort of been dubbed the Swiss Schweinsteiger by Otmar Hitzfeld early in his career. Um, he's a very good player. He's a little bit, uh, he has a tendency to pick up uh, silly red cards, so that's the one knock on him, but he'd be a very good addition to the center of the park for Arsenal. Uh, we've gotten to see a lot of him, obviously, this season with Fox having the Bundesliga. Um, so uh, that's something there. But no, I, I think overall it's actually been sort of a quiet January window. I know Wenger came out early on and predicted major fireworks, and maybe in terms of quantity, but you know, when you're still looking up there and John Joe Shelby to Newcastle is still one of the bigger deals. <laughs> then I'm sorry, I can't call this a, that, that uh, active of a transfer window. So 
Uh, we'll see. I, 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 other than Teixeira, I don't know if there's any other big, big deals here that are sort of on the verge of happening. On that note, I, I encourage everybody. Yesterday, I had the great pleasure of watching the uh, the ESPN FC show uh, with our good friends <laughs> Paul Mariner, Dan Thomas, and uh, and Craig Burley. And Craig got so fired up at the end of the show, just saying that this transfer window is a complete joke. Lewandowski's not going anywhere. Nobody's going anywhere. Ronaldo's not going anywhere. Stop throwing these rumors to me. Neymar's not going anywhere. Teixeira's not going anywhere. He said no one's going anywhere. Everyone's staying put. So that was great, Craig. I really appreciate it. I just hope that Teixeira actually goes through and Liverpool get him. But as far as all these big money deals, everyone, I don't know what it was because Craig was, was going off of a point that a lot of people, it wasn't just Arsene Wenger, David, that said this transfer window just has the look and feel where there's going to be all this big activity going on. And it was the... Uh, it was the 2011 transfer window, and obviously, as a Liverpool fan, that was insanity. The, the January 2011 transfer window that saw Andy Carroll and Luis Suarez come in, saw Fernando Torres leave for $50 million to Chelsea. There were a number of other transfers that went through. I think David Luiz actually went to Chelsea in, in that transfer window, and there, there was just an incredible, incredible amount of cash being splashed around, and everybody, for some reason... I, I haven't seen this level of like hype for a transfer window before. Everyone's saying, oh, 2016 January is going to be the, the return of 2011. What was everybody smoking? What was everybody drinking? Because this thing is kind of disappointed, David. Uh, I think the, the thinking behind it was that, as you mentioned, there's so much parity in the Premier League and so many teams alive for something that that was going to spur them on to make moves. But, you know, you mentioned Chelsea. They are the big club that's been the most active in January in recent seasons. They've picked up guys like Fernando Torres, David Luiz, and Nemanja Matic, Juan Cuadrado, Mohamed Salah, and, and unloaded guys like, like Mata and De Bruyne and Sherla. Um, and so you sort of look at them first, and you thought with the disastrous season they've had up to this point that there might have been some movement there. They might have looked to make a splash, maybe with somebody like Teixeira, and perhaps a, a shock sort of sale of somebody like Costa or Hazard. But... Uh, no, I mean, hitting's uh, gone there, brought some stability, and they've decided to kind of low-key it this January. Um, the other club I was sort of looking at was Barcelona because they were making a lot of noise about the fact that they wanted more depth in their squad, so they were going to try to sign another striker. They, they were rumored to uh, be after this, this player, Nolito, who I like a lot of plays for Celta Vigo. Um, but yeah, th- that ended up not happening. So, yeah, I mean, a couple of spots there, a couple of teams that you look at that you thought might have been busy ended up not doing much, and so... Um, it sort of had this trickle-down effect. And, and yeah, I agree with you. It's been kind of a letdown. All right. In the final three and a half minutes that we've got here with David Mossy, we're going to make David Mossy real happy because we're going to step away from all this Premier League and European transfer drama. And we're going to take a trip down memory lane talking Brazilian national team, something that David Mossy is oh so fond of. And perhaps you can shine a little light on, on your Brazilian roots that some people might not know about, David. But I'm going to throw it right to you. Give me a couple of your favorite in your lifetime, because obviously you are very, very fond of history and uh, are, are quite well-read and, and have heard many a great stories from your family. But in your lifetime, favorite Brazilian national team memories, and I'll even give you two or three of them if you want to take them. Ooh, um, well, I'm glad you're asking about memories, because if it was the current uh, Brazilian national team, believe me, this wouldn't be that pleasant of a conversation. You, um, noticed, you noticed how I did that for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save my rant on that for maybe my next appearance. But um, no, I mean we've won it. Uh, we've won two World Cups uh, in my lifetime, so obviously I hold those uh, 
near and dear to my heart. Uh, 2002 was great. Uh, that final against Germany in Yokohama, uh, Ronaldo scoring uh, both goals. Um, you know, a great memory I have was in the, and any Argentine listening will also remember this from the other side of it, was the 2004 Copa America. Adriano scored an, a dramatic equalizer, uh, basically the last kick of the game, and then they went to penalties and we won it there. That was uh, amazing. Um, you know, even the, even the World Cups we haven't won. I mean, 98 obviously ended in disaster, but I'll never forget the semifinal against the Netherlands. That was just a pulsating match. That was the uh, Netherlands team actually managed by Goose Hiddink, and it was 1-1. Uh, Ronaldo scored, and then Patrick Clivert equalized late, um, and then it went to penalties, and we ended up uh, winning there. The great Tafarel came up big in that shootout. Uh, so, no, it's... Um, it's been a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun memories through the years, but always sort of taking pride in the fact that we played uh, attractive football, and unfortunately that's gone away here in the last few years, much to my consternation. David, real quickly, tell the folks why you have such an affection for the Brazilian national team. Talk about your Brazilian roots real quick here. Uh, no, you know, you asked me what... Uh, the highlights have been on the radio show, and I kind of flubbed that answer. I wasn't uh, prepared for that question. But now that I've had more time to think about it over the breaks, we actually had Benny Fellhaber on recently to talk about his comments regarding Jurgen Klinsmann. And, and it turns out Benny and I have very similar roots. Uh, we were both born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and we both moved to the United States at an early age with our families to actually the same town, Scarsdale, New York. So I had fun uh, chatting with Benny about that. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my story. Uh, born and raised in Rio de Janeiro and then moved to New York um, with my family at an early age and, and been in the U.S. now for about 20 years. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, all my family's still back there. So, uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, that, that, those are my roots for sure. Love it. And real quickly, before we let you go, David, you talk about uh, an obscure one in terms of recent Brazilian soccer memories. The 2004 Copa America. I'm really fond of that Brazilian team in, in that Copa America because I won a little bit of money off of uh, many of my Mexican friends back in Watsonville. There was a very, very enjoyable 4-0 thrashing of Mexico by Brazil in that tournament, and we, we picked the scores, and, and I had 4-0 Brazil, and I think I won like 15 bucks off my friends. So I'll never forget Adriano and the rest of that 4 Brazil Copa America team. Cheers to them. Cheers to you, David Mossy. You're welcome back on the show anytime. And oh, hey, before we let you go, what yep. time of the day and when can folks hear the uh, WTF on Sirius? Uh, it is uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time on SiriusXM FC channel 85. Very, very well done. Please pass on our regards to Waldo. Tell him we said hello. Absolutely. Again, that was David Mossy right here on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back after this to take the very, very fast-moving express train home. We only got a little bit of time left, but stick around. Final thank you to the stat man, David Mossy. Reunited, and it feels so good. Cannot wait to get David back on the show again sometime soon. Cheers to Eric Winaldo. Be sure to check out that show on SiriusXM. WTF. No, not something funky like that. Winalda talks football. And one more shout out to the Shasta Wolfpack, my JV boys, Morgan Fultz, Elijah Aston, Jordan Zane, Kiernan Bennett, and wait, 
Christ, you got the fifth. Kobe Vara, that's right. We scored so many, I forgot who scored. 5-0. Come on, you Wolfpack. Talk to you tomorrow. Love you. Bye.